Good morning. As Jim said, my name is Doug. I'm one of the pastors here, and uh, I have the uh, extreme privilege of sharing with you guys this morning. Uh, today is week three in the series called, that we've called Prayer Challenge, and we looked at get ready the first week and then pray, and today's sermon is listen. And so that's the subject of today's. And I know that the subject of listening, especially uh, as it pertains to listening to God in prayer, is something that a lot of times I miss. It's something that uh, uh, is easily skipped over. And a lot of times my prayer becomes one of just an endless request of things in life for people and, and, and a lot of what they call supplication for praying for things. And, and sometimes I don't intentionally take time to listen uh, and allow God to speak to me. And, and I don't know if that resonates with you, but, um, and I don't know why. I, I'm, I'm not sure what the reason is. Perhaps it's because there's times that we don't want to hear what God might want to say to us, that we're fearful of what he might say to us. Kind of like a parent with kids, some of those things that, that a parent doesn't want uh, to hear from a child. I can remember uh, my brother telling my mom, mom, you know, you, you, uh, you told us it was okay to play war games up in the tree, and, and we were practicing dropping bombs, and we dropped a, a, a coffee can full of rocks on Doug's head. And so perhaps that's the reason that I'm the way I am today, but things that you don't want to hear. Uh, uh, my father didn't want to hear the day that I came in and said, Dad, you know that I was, I was working on my sister's car, and I was fixing the brakes, and I backed out of the driveway to test the brakes, and I pulled forward back in the driveway and put the brakes on, and guess what, Dad? The brakes didn't work, and I drove through the garage door. So uh, perhaps that's a reason that we're somewhat hesitant to, to listen to God, uh, because we don't want to hear what he says. But nevertheless, the, the, uh, the importance of listening to what God has to say to us in prayer is a very important subject. So let's start by perhaps defining what listening to God in the context of prayer is all about. And we'll look at Psalm 4.1, I think, which helps us to understand that. This is King David saying, Answer me when I call, O God of my righteousness. You have given me relief when I was in distress. Be gracious to me and hear my prayer. Listening to God's response to our prayers implies more than just listening. And we see that in this, script, in this scripture. It implies hearing, okay? It implies accepting. It, in, it implies meditating or internalizing that and then responding with an action. In this psalm, we see David expressing first a desire uh, to hear. He says, answer me uh, when I call. And we see him also confirm God's faithfulness to speak to him. He says, you have given me relief. So God has spoken and acted on David's behalf. And so he talks about, he confirms that faithfulness. And he also expresses a desire for God to continue to speak to him as he says, be gracious to me in response to my prayer. So you can see those important components to prayer. So listening starts first with the desire to hear from him and to know his will and then to follow him in his plan and purpose for our lives. So when we say listen, listening to God in prayer, it implies all those things that we've talked about. Our focus for today is God still speaks today. God still speaks today. The important thing to remember that God's desire for relationship with his creation has never changed. It's been that way since we were created. Now we know that sin disrupted that relationship, but 
God's plan for our redemption restored us to our created purpose of relationship with him. His desire for you and for me is the same as it was for the only two perfect people created, Adam and Eve. And it tells us in the book of Genesis, and I'll paraphrase, that in the cool of the evening, God came down to walk and have relationship with Adam and Eve, to talk with them, to have that interchange of both talking and listening. And so we see in that that God still speaks today. That's still God's intention for us. So we see the Apostle John, we'll jump to a scripture in, in 1 John, um, and this is talking about Jesus, uh, that word Jesus, the word that became flesh and dwelt among us in this verse. It says, that which was from the beginning, talking about Jesus, which we have heard, which we have seen with our eyes, which we have looked upon and have touched with our hands concerning the word of life, the life was made manifest and we have seen it and testified to it and proclaimed to you the eternal life which was with the Father and was made manifest to us. That which we have seen and heard, we proclaim also to you, so that you too may have fellowship with us. And indeed, our fellowship is with the Father and with his Son, Jesus Christ. God's intention for us is to be in relationship and to be able to speak to us and for us to hear and obey the things that he talks about. This verse also tells us and implies at least that God pursues us in relationship. I know a lot of times we might slip into thinking that it's up to us to pursue God, but God pursues us in relationship. It's his heart's desire that our faces would be turned towards him and that we would hear him speak to us. And so for those of you that like to take notes, you can pull out your outline and we'll look at, at point one on your outline, which is voice recognition. Voice recognition. And I want to tell two stories, uh, two personal stories out of my life about voice recognition. I've been at many points in my life of desperately wanting to hear God's voice, desperately needing answers to prayer. On July 21st in 2003, I found myself on the floor, on my face, praying for God to answer me. And he was faithful to answer me. I had to make a decision on that day of to disconnect my son from life support, my 26-year-old son who'd been fighting a, a battle of cancer for three years. And I had to make that decision that day. And so God was faithful to speak to me through that. As I found myself in a place where I was completely divested of self, and I, I did realize that there's a lot of self in me. And it took that kind of situation to get me to a point where I could lay my flesh aside and myself aside. I was completely out of, out of the ability to control that circumstance. And I needed God to speak to me. I needed to hear his voice. And I did. It wasn't an audible voice, but I heard him speak to my heart and tell me what his plan was in all of this. Okay? Then about six months later... Different situation, same subject. I was sitting in a tree stand in Wisconsin, deer hunting. And I was, when you're sitting in a tree stand and you can only see 30 foot in front of you, you have a lot of time to, to think and to pray. And I was, I was deep in prayer, pouring out my heart once again to the Lord and feeling a, the, one of the deepest sense of grief and loss that I'd ever experienced. And I was thinking about 
about what could have been with my son and what I was missing not having my son. And once again, as I cried out to God for answers and, and I needed to hear God's voice, he once again was faithful to speak to me. And I know it wasn't physically what happened, but, but I felt in my spirit that he reached down with his finger and lifted my chin and simply said, Doug, look up. You need to have an eternal perspective. You need to rejoice that Chris is with me and that someday you'll see him. And that really, he hasn't missed anything. What he's experiencing now is much better than what he was experiencing in this world. And it's like, thank you, Lord. I needed to hear that. So these stories, and, and I would like to say that that happens weekly with me. It doesn't. I'm glad it doesn't in that kind of circumstance because that was a painful circumstance in my life. But there's three or four other times that those kind of things have happened in my life. And they were, they were profound and impactful. And they were undeniably God speaking to me. But it was a result of being in a position to hear from him. And that's what we're going to talk about a little bit today. I desired to hear from him. I recognized his voice in that setting. In the Gospel of John, we see John speaking of Jesus as the good shepherd. And this illustration that Jesus used was very familiar to his listeners. This was a society that they had a lot of sheep around, and they understood a sheep uh, they understood a shepherd and, and his sheep. And so uh, let's read that. To him, the gatekeeper opens. The sheep hear his voice and calls his own sheep by name and leads them out. When he has brought out all his own, he goes before them and the sheep follow him for they know his voice. A stranger they will not follow, but they will flee from him for they do not know the voice of a stranger. Middle Eastern shepherds, unlike if you have ever seen uh, sheep herders in, in the West here, uh, most of them drive their sheep using dogs or, or other means to, to drive their sheep to where they wanted to go. In the Middle East, that's not how it worked. The, the shepherds led their sheep. And the way they did that, in this verse it says, to him the gatekeeper opens. Most of the time, this is talking about, uh, there was a community sheep pen, if you will. And at night, all the shepherds would bring their sheep in and put them in a community sheep pen, and the gatekeeper would protect them. In the morning, the, the gatekeeper would open the gate, and the shepherds would call their sheep out. And the sheep could recognize their shepherd's voice. They were familiar with the voice of their shepherd. So they would, he would call them out, and, and they would respond by following him. And they would follow their shepherd. The sheep were dependent upon their shepherd to lead them uh, to, to good places to eat and to protect them from predators and to find water for them and to care for them. They trusted their shepherd, and they were familiar with his voice. So did you hear the one about the shepherd that, uh, that was out in his field and he lost his favorite Bible? I mean, it was his favorite Bible and he lost it in the field. Well, about three weeks later, uh, one of his sheep walked up to him with the Bible in his mouth. He took it out of the sheep's mouth. He raised his hands to heaven. He says, hallelujah, it's a miracle. And the sheep said, not really, your name's written inside the cover. So anyway, um, again in John chapter, chapter 10 and verse 14, it says this, again, continuing the illustration uh, of the, the shepherd and the sheep. I am the good shepherd. This is Christ speaking. I am the good shepherd. I know my own and my own know me. In both of these references in John, it says that our good shepherd, Jesus, knows us 
and he calls us by name. He's known us since before the foundations of the earth, and he calls us by name. And it also says that we know him and hear his voice, that experientially we know him. We're familiar with him. We know we can trust him. And then it says that he goes before us, and we follow him because we know him, and we can trust him. We understand his voice. We're familiar with his voice. And the subject of familiarity is very important uh, in the whole thing of following and listening. We have to be familiar with the voice of God. Now, the good shepherd in this illustration has proven his ability to provide everything, just as God has proven to provide everything that we need to protect us, to lead us, to take us to those places uh, that are perfect in his economy for our good, okay? It's a trust relationship, again, based on that familiarity. And so I, I wrote down five things that I think are needed for voice recognition. In order to hear the Good Shepherd's voice, if we're listening, in order to hear that voice, there's, there's five things that I wrote down, and not that there's not more than that, but I just wrote down five things. The first thing is we need to belong to him. We need to be part of his flock, Okay, And so uh, if you don't know him, if you've never stepped into a relationship with Christ, then you wouldn't expect to be familiar with his voice, to be able to hear him speaking to you. So you've got to belong to him. Second, you have to be familiar with the shepherd. You have to have experienced the shepherd and have a desire to listen to his voice. It told us in those scriptures that he calls you by name. There's several several illustrations in Scripture of God not only calling people by name, but calling their name twice because he really wanted to get their attention. Samuel, Samuel, as he's speaking to call the young prophet Samuel into service for himself. Abraham, Abraham. It was very important for Abraham to be familiar with God's voice because he had the knife raised, ready to sacrifice his son, and God called him and said, Abraham, Abraham. And he was familiar with the shepherd's voice and responded to that. The third thing is we need to follow him in obedience, submitting to his leading. In the sheep illustration, if the sheep comes out the gate and doesn't follow the shepherd's leading, guess what happens to the sheep? He's dinner for a predator, or he wanders off and, and is, is lost to another shepherd. So we need to follow him in obedience and submit to his lead. The other thing is we need to keep our face, our listening ear, our heart turned towards him. Our face needs to be turned towards him. I don't know if any of you are hunters, but uh, you know you're busted when you're in the woods and you're hunting an animal, even if they're looking away from you, but their ear turns back towards you because they've heard you make a noise or step on a stick or something. Well, we, I've tried that. I can't do that. I can't make my ear turn backwards. So my face has to be turned towards somebody. In fact, at home, when my wife and I are having a conversation that I might not like the way it's going, and I decide that I'm going to turn away, which doesn't go over really well, you know, at times. But that's a sign that I don't want to listen. And, and my ears, my face isn't turned towards her, you know. So God desires that our face would be turned towards him so that we can listen, okay. Our ears are this way on purpose. So, And then number five, uh, trust that he knows better than we do the way in which we should go. We have to trust and believe that God knows far above our understanding in what's best for us. So that's the five things for voice recognition. Point two on your outline, if you want to fill in another blank, is God speaks in many ways. God speaks in many ways. In Psalm 119, 105 says, 
Your word is a lamp to my feet and a light to my path. This is King David. Psalm 119 is a very long psalm that, that really extols the virtues of God's word and listening to God's word as our, as our direction in life. And, and so I use this verse because the thing that we need to remember about the fact that God speaks in many ways is God's primary language, his primary language that he uses to speak to us is his word. His word reveals his will to us. And while those two stories I shared with you guys were profound in my life, they were profound times of hearing from God, they pale in comparison to the 12,720 days since 1983 that I've had the opportunity to hear from him through his written word. I have that opportunity every single day when I spend time before him in, in reading his word and in prayer, I have the opportunity to hear from him. So his word is the primary language that he uses to speak to us. And if we consider our lives, if we think about uh, the things that we've done that have an eternal significance, just think back if you've walked with the Lord for a few years and you've done things and you're doing things in your life that have an eternal significance. I would throw out this thought. If you're doing those things, if you're serving, if you're giving, if you're loving the unlovable, if you're doing those things that are contrary to your flesh, that are contrary to the old nature, you're walking in the nature, then I would say you've heard from God. God has spoken to you through his word because you're doing things that are pleasing to him. You're doing things that are against the old nature that are in line with the new nature in Christ Jesus. So you've heard from God through his word and you're responding appropriately to that. So again, um, we have to conclude from that that God has spoken to us through his word and that we've heard what he has to say, that we've accepted what he's had to say, that we've internalized it, we've, we've, we've molded around in our heads, we, we've contemplated it, and then we've acted upon it by carrying out his will. So we've heard from God. Hebrews chapter 1 uh, says this, Long ago and at many times and in many ways, God spoke to our fathers by the prophets, but in these last days he has spoken to us by his Son, whom he appointed the heir of all things. Jesus, is Christ, Jesus Christ is called the Word incarnate, okay? The Word of God in the flesh, okay? Through whom also he created the world. He is the radiance of the glory of God in the exact imprint of his nature. And he upholds the universe by the word of his power. After making purification for sins, he sat down at the right hand of the majesty on high. We have, by far, the best thing that God could ever give us. I sometimes think it would have been great to live back when the apostles were there and to see Jesus. But you know what? We're a lot better off. And the reason that we are is because we have the complete and final revelation of who God is in his written word. That's God revealing himself to us, and that's how he desires to speak to us. That's his primary voice that he uses to speak to, into our lives. Now, he does use other means to speak to us and to reveal his will to us. He uses other people. And one of the reasons at Verde Valley Christian Church that we encourage small group participation is because we want everybody to have relationships where you're known and where you know other people and have, have relationships that people can have the freedom to speak into your life, Okay. There's guys in this room right now that have spoken into my life because I have the relationship, a close enough relationship with them that they can speak into my life. God can use them to speak into my life. And we all need that in our life. So God does use other people. We know that he can use signs, uh, things that come into our life and, and that kind of thing. But back to the, back to the uh, 
the friends and close friends. If you notice in that John reference, it talked about that the sheep flee from a stranger. I don't believe that, that very often at all God speaks to me through a stranger because he doesn't know me. I have no, no relationship with him. So God chooses to speak through people that we have close relationships with. So anyway, he can use, he can use other things like dreams and, and signs. And Jim talked about that supernatural synchronicity or synchronicity and those God-ordained uh, circumstances that we could have never dreamed up that just seemed to happen, that just seemed to come together. God can speak to you uh, through many kind of those things. But I will tell you this, even with his word, we need the discernment of his Holy Spirit. We can never just assume that God's Spirit is not involved in all this, and we need God's Spirit to help us discern those things. We can very easily take His Word out of context and make it say what we think it wants to say for our benefit, okay? We can also read God's Word and fill our heads full of knowledge, but not apply that knowledge, and Scripture tells us that we're just, we just get puffed up with knowledge, that we're not applying that truth. He might be speaking to us, but if we're not doing it, it serves no purpose at all. We can allow emotions and pain to twist and turn the way that we think and interpret what God might be doing in our life. It would, be, it would have been very easy for me during the thing that we, Karen and I went through with our son to get bitter and to say, it's just not fair, God, what you're doing. He's only 26 years old. It would have been very easy to do that, but that's not what God's Spirit taught us, and, and through the discernment of the Spirit, we were able to discern that and move forward. So there's a lot of things the way God can speak to us, you know, the dreams. I would caution you with, with dreams that perhaps it was just a bad burrito that you ate, and it really had nothing to do with what God wanted to say, so you have to have discernment in that. But here's, here's if you're taking notes, here's the thing you need to write down. This is the number one best discernment tool, number one, Okay. You don't have to write it down, but it's, I think it's important. God will never speak something to you that contradicts his already revealed will in his word. Never. God will never tell you to do anything that contradicts his word. That's who he is. If you think there's constraints on God, there are. He can't go outside of who he is. Okay? So he'll never say anything to you that, that is not uh, in concert with his word and his revealed word. So, so I guess it, it, it can't be overstated uh, that the more of God's word that you have in you, the easier it is to know his will and to hear his voice. Now, again, we know, and, and I, don't, I don't sit up here pretending to think that, that God will show you exactly every single thing you need to do in your life because there's certain things that, that he's given us uh, uh, an intellect and some common sense and that kind of thing. And we sometimes need to, to move forward in decisions. So we can't exactly be clear on everything that we need to make decisions on in life. However, I tell people this. When, when in, I've been in counseling sessions with men that come to me and say, uh, I've really been praying that I want to buy a new truck and, 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 and I don't know if it's God's will. And my answer is always this. If you're doing everything that you know is God's will, if you're doing everything that you know is God's will, you're, you're giving, your finances are in order, you're serving, you're loving people, you're doing all the things that you know are God's will, and all your life is in order in that way, then God's going to grant you the desire of your heart. So go buy a new truck. Knock yourself out, you know? And so, and that's not a cop-out because 
the bottom line is that could keep anybody from going to buy a new truck because I don't know if we're ever to the point of doing everything we, we know in life uh, that is God's will. But nevertheless, I think that's a good balancing tool to remember that we have to, we have to measure that uh, in God's economy when we're doing that. So, um, so anyway, I do believe, though, he has a desire to grant us with the desires of our heart if our lives are in order. Point number three on your outline, selective hearing leads to deafness. Selective hearing leads to deafness. Matthew chapter 13, verse 12 says this. To those who listen to my teaching, more understanding will be given, and they will have an abundance of knowledge. But for those who are not listening, even what little understanding they have will be taken away from them. In context, this verse talks about those who hear and do God's will will be given more and conversely, those who refuse to hear, even what they have will be taken away. When we make a conscious decision to lead a life of unresponsiveness to God's clearly revealed will, when we stray off his path, we will experience spiritual deafness. Plain and simple. Okay? When we allow our ears to be filled with the, the ways and the noise of the world all the while ignoring God's plan and purpose for our life, we become hard of hearing and eventually deaf to his leading and prompting. That's the bad news. The good news is this. On the other hand, when we choose to intentionally make decisions to seek him and to listen to him and to respond in obedience to his voice, it becomes progressively easier and easier to hear from him. It becomes easier and easier to discern his voice and his leading in our lives. When we choose to turn our face towards him, to spend time with him in his word, in prayer, and listening, just to spend time with him, then we are pursuing him. We're pursuing that relationship, and we become more and more familiar with his voice, and we learn to trust and obey him, believing that his ways are far above our ways, that he knows far better than we do what the next best thing for us is. A quote from Job, and I would challenge you with this. I bet there's nobody in this room that's gone through what Job's gone through. I might think my life is rough at times, but I, I don't know, I've never met anybody, at least in my short life, that has, has uh, gone through what Job went through. And yet he said this, for I have stayed on God's paths, I have followed his ways and not turned aside I have not departed from his commands, but have treasured his words more than daily food. Job was positioned to hear God's voice. And boy, he needed to hear God's voice. This man needed to hear God's voice. And that's what God's desire for us is, that we would listen to his voice. He wants us to stay in alignment with his love, his kingdom, and his authority. He wants us to treasure his words. He wants us to keep our face turned towards him. Remember the story about Jesus asking the disciples, a bunch of people had left him, and he turned to the disciples, and, and I'm paraphrasing, and said, you know, are you guys going to leave me too? And, and Peter said, where else could we go? You have the words that bring eternal life. Where else could we go? Who else would we want to listen to? Why else would we be interested in following anyone else? You have the words that give eternal life. I'd like to encourage you, if you haven't yet picked up a copy of the prayer challenge, do so today uh, after the services. I started this probably about three months ago. Jim and I, Jim shared that with me several months ago because I was going through a difficult time in my life. The past four or five months uh, have been uh, stressful, 
to say the least, in my life. And, and I found, uh, through this daily prayer challenge, a lot of breakthroughs in my own, in uh, my own prayer life. And, and I, uh, uh, I found that I had, I had uh, answers to some of those big prayer requests that I had, that I had sought the Lord for. And, and so what I'm going to do to close today is this. I'm going to ask you guys just to close your eyes, and, and I'm going gonna, I'm gonna, to uh, use part of that prayer from that daily prayer challenge to end in prayer today. And then when we're all done, if you guys agree with that after I've recited that prayer, just say amen. O King of kings and Lord of lords, bring your kingdom over us and make your presence more apparent to our senses. You said, my sheep know my voice and listen to my voice. I know them and they follow me. Open our ears, open our eyes, open all of our senses to you that we may know you and experience you more. You gave us the spirit of wisdom and revelation that we might know you better. Make your presence manifest to us. Prompt us, speak to us, teach us and lead us. Give us joy in following you and serving others as you served us becoming for us the servant of all. If that's your desire today, pursue him, and God will be faithful to reveal himself to you. And all those in agreement said, amen. amen. If you guys need prayer today, we have a prayer team over to this side of the stage. Please go over there and let them pray for you. And uh, we invite you out next week to hear the final uh, part of this series titled Repeat. So God bless you guys.